0: Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your host, Johnny Tate. And today my guest is Julia Fixie. She's a trained, certified, and experienced health coach who specializes in weight loss, mental health, and emotional eating. She has personally overcome a life of obesity and mastered her relationship with food. Julia, welcome to the show.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
1: It's great to have you here. I read your story in your book, and there were so many good points in there. I know that your faith you started as a child, five years old, on your own, didn't need your mom's help to pray and ask the Lord hid your heart. So that was exciting to hear that, that. God draws the little children. He expects us to be just like little children. You know, so there's a lot we can learn just from that aspect of your life. And then you get into telling about your own struggles, with food. So maybe we could talk a little bit about that and just kind of what drove that addiction for food in your own life and how you overcame that.
2: Yes, yes. Well, I have loved Jesus for as long as I can remember. And you're so right that Jesus draws us to us and he loves us and um, wants to have a relationship with us as soon as we're possibly ready to do that. And it's so exciting to know him and walk with him through life. I have loved Jesus. I've gone to church and followed him. And I've always really enjoyed food. I remember being a brownie, which is before Girl Scouts, and going to a cookout. And we were roasting marshmallows. And when my parents came to pick me up, I was just so sick because I had eaten so many marshmallows. And so at a young age, I think that I didn't have a very good ability to manage the amount of food that I was eating if I really loved it. And one of the things that's very sneaky about food is that it does make us feel better sometimes for a short time because it's a chemical reaction in our body. And I think the enemy can really use that to over time to make us believe that food helps us, like takes it food to a different level, even like a level that only can belong to Jesus where Jesus makes things better, not food. But at a time when we need something quick, Sometimes that little lie can sneak in. Well, food will make you feel better. Oh, yeah. And so over time, we may end up going to food first instead of Jesus. And I think that over time, that's what happened to me. I would find myself at the refrigerator or at the soft serve machine when I was at camp. If I was having uncomfortable feelings or if I was feeling lonely, food was a great first solution, a great pick-me-up. And a lot of advertising helps us fall into these lies as well. And also, there was one other thing. I thought, you know, God is so big. He has so many other people and issues and things around the world to deal with. Does he really have time for my little problem with my friend that we're having a conflict? Or does he really have time for an argument that I just had with my teacher or a bad grade? No, so I'll just eat instead. I'll have some food. It'll make me feel better. And one thing that really strikes me is that the Lord says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for us. And that's found in 1 Peter 5, 7. That verse says we can cast all of our cares on him, all of them, little teeny ones and huge big ones. But sometimes we think he's just too big and too busy for the teeny ones. One of the biggest changes that happened in my heart when I started to realize food had become too important was that God cared about the little things and the big things. When I started to transition from going to food and to God first, It's amazing the things that started to change because food doesn't have the power to change things in our life. I mean, it has the power to be nutrition, but when it comes to real, personal, powerful, loving change that God wants to give us, well, only Jesus can do that.
1: Amen, that's true. You put it in terms of a dopamine reward, pleasure war versus the happiness void. And that's clear to me when you described your process and your light through that, that dopamine that we have in our head It can relate to anything. It doesn't just have to be food, but it's still the same war going on. What rules and reigns our hearts and our minds, right?
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so we definitely have a chemical reaction with substance. And a lot of people who have been addicted to harder drugs can come out of all of that and then really struggle with sugar because sugar gives us a very similar chemical response from what I've read as cocaine. And then, you know, we overcome all of these terrible addictions and hard things, right? And we think to ourselves, what's wrong with me? Why can't I overcome sugar? Well, sugar has a very real, powerful chemical control over us. And so looking at that and figuring out how we can manage sugar is an endeavor, but it is absolutely possible.
1: Oh, 100% for sure. And I'm sure that through that battle that you waged, that there were disappointments and failures. And, and you're correct in saying that we need to let go of those disappointments and forget about those past failures. Why is that so important?
2: Oh, oh, yes. So the Lord has a plan for our lives. And oh, you know what's so interesting to me? This is something that I thought about recently. We are so created to move forward, aren't we? Mm -hmm. Like our bodies move, we walk forward. If we try to walk backwards, there's no eyes in the back of our heads, right? Time marches forward. So much of who we are is about moving forward, moving forward in freedom, pressing on towards the goal, which is the prize in Christ Jesus, right? So Mm -hmm. if we get stuck in a place where we're looking back, we can really stumble, right? And what a precious gift it is from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that he has removed our sins as far as the East is from the West, they are gone. He has helped us. He's forgiven us. They're erased. We can let go of our past mistakes and right now in this moment, move forward into the next best decision. We can do that with so many things. But if I'm obsessing and it's going around and around in my head about this last mistake that I just made, I am absolutely frozen in time to even think about what I should do next, even think about praying, even think about the next best step. And so once we're able to stop, take a deep breath, realize that we are forgiven, that the Lord understands and that he wants to help us and that he forgives us. We can have a great sense of peace and not worry about anything, but in everything with prayer and thanksgiving, give that request to the Lord and then ask him for wisdom. Because what does the Bible says? Above all else, get wisdom, right? And that comes from the Lord. And if we're looking back about what I did and oh, I did this and I feel so bad and I'll never be able to do it right because I can't and I haven't, all of that, we can just give that to the Lord, lay it at his throne and say, Lord, thank you for forgiving me. And please give me the wisdom that I need to move forward. And that is life-changing because the Lord is life-changing. And because he not only gives us the wisdom, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, he gives us the ability to do it through his strength and his giftings that he gives us and his joy. So I definitely think that moving forward in peace with perspective and learning from our mistakes, of course, but not dwelling on them and allowing grace to really soak into our bones because Jesus loves us so much and he died for us. Why are we going to keep rehashing that? That stuff is nailed to the cross. Thank you, Lord.
1: Amen, for sure. And we know where the condemnation comes from. It comes from the enemy of our souls because he's the king of condemnation. The Bible tells us there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So it's important that as we move forward, and for those who don't know the Lord who are listening to our show, that reality of the forgiveness of God and the love that God has for you is immeasurable. And it makes such a difference in any battle that we face, big or small. I definitely agree with that. You've talked about your your matter of priorities, you know, food being the most important thing at that time to help you with settling down emotional needs or physical needs or whatever it was and, and not putting God first. But you also talked about robbing God of opportunity by trusting in wrong things. And I thought that was interesting. Maybe you could share a little bit about that.
2: Oh, yes. This was such an eye opening moment for me when I decide that I have an uncomfortable feeling or I'm, I don't know how to, I've had a bad day and I grab a bowl of ice cream or whatever it may be. And I sit in front of the TV and I turn off my brain and numb out over that feeling or that situation. And then I crash in bed. I have completely robbed the Lord of an opportunity to help. So if I instead decide, okay, Lord, this is the situation that's going on. This is the bad day that I had. I don't know what to do. I feel horrible inside and really, I just want some comfort food, but I'm gonna come to you Lord first. I know that you capture all my tears in a bottle. I know that you have a plan for my life and you're gonna finish it. And so I'm asking you to help me solve this problem. Now I'm giving the power and I'm asking God for his power in my life to be released. And what the Lord can do with that is unbelievable. Like he always is helping us and loving us and encouraging us, right? But when we go to him and say, please reveal to me what you can do and he does, now we're seeing real changes in our life. And I think we can think that a lot of things can make us feel better. For me, it was food. But if we realize that the number one thing is going to the Lord in prayer first, then we allow him to start working and start giving us solutions. And he's always working for us, but we can see what he's doing. Now our lives experience real positive change by the grace of God. That is something that Food, substance, people, ambition, achievement, nothing can give us what the Lord can. So I'm learning and have learned that when I put him first, I see what he's doing and he's acting on my behalf. And his power in my life is the most amazing thing. I love Philippians 1.6 that says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. When we put him first and we go to him, we see what he's doing in our lives, and it's remarkable.
1: For sure. It's important that people understand that as you've talked about how God has moved in specific ways in your life, I found it interesting how you expressed how God spoke to you because everybody's unique. Everybody can see or hear God in different ways. So maybe you could talk a little bit about how you learn to recognize the voice of God, because I believe there are people listening that may say, well, God never talks to me. Mm -hmm. I've never heard the voice of God, right? How would you express how God speaks to you so they can understand that it may be in some of the simplest things?
2: Wow, what a great question. The first thing that I do when I'm trying to hear God's voice is I consider where I am, what I'm looking for, and I will sit down quietly, I will pray, and I open my Bible. I mean, the Bible is the Word of God, right? So number one is to hear the voice of God is to read the Word of God. And then there are other ways that God will speak to people. Sometimes he'll speak to me through another person. And this is remarkable. I'm sure you've experienced this. For those of you who have, you know what I'm saying. If you haven't, oh my goodness, wait, wait, just wait. It's pretty amazing. But the Holy Spirit will use people to speak into our lives. And and I'll go back to the word of God and say that if someone does speak into our lives, we want to always make sure that it's in line with scripture. Mm -hmm. Another way that the Lord will speak to people, sometimes he speaks to people through visions. And again, we always want to just check that with the Word of God. Sometimes people hear an audible voice. I don't think I've ever heard an audible voice, but, you know, some people do. And so there's lots of different ways that the Lord will speak to us. I think there's a few wonderful books that I would recommend that you can learn more about this. One of them is by Mark Batterson, and it's called Whisper. And another is called Hearing God by Dallas Willard. So if you're curious about how to hear God and you're not sure about where to get started, I recommend, number one, reading the Bible. And then those are two resources that I think would really encourage you. Well,
1: how did God speak to you to begin your journey of victory over your food addiction?
2: Well, I first was talked to me through an encouragement to go to an addiction meeting in my spirit. And so I thought, oh, I think I heard something once. And I do think that the Holy Spirit was nudging me to look into addiction because I could not stop eating and I didn't know why. I felt like I should be able to do this, but I just, I couldn't. So then I went to an addiction meeting in a part of town that I wasn't familiar with. And I sat in my car and a song came on called, This is Where the Healing Begins by 7th Avenue North. And I thought, oh my goodness, Lord, you are encouraging me right now through a worship song. So I locked my car, I went into the meeting, and that's where it started. And the Lord also encouraged me later on through a doctor who told me I needed to go back to an addiction meeting several years later. And I have talked to people in food addiction programs who are all shocked that a doctor told me to go to an addiction meeting. Usually they'll recommend something else. So I think that was the Lord working through her because it was the right thing for me. And the Lord has spoken to me through pastors, through people, and through his word to confirm my steps. Thy word is a lamp unto my path and a light unto my feet. So we keep on pressing on and being open to how the Lord might speak to us. And there is also a component of that that when the Lord does speak, are we listening? Are we willing to say, yes, Lord, send me. Yes, Lord, I'm listening. Oh, what is that story in the Bible? Maybe you can help me remember this, Johnny, where he was sleeping and he heard. Sammy. Uh, yes. And so he wakes up and he goes and he says, hey, did you call me? And his mentor said, no, I didn't call you. So it happened the third time. He said, the Lord is calling you, not me. Say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So that is one thing that I will pray. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And then I listen, I wait. And sometimes the Lord will answer right away. And sometimes it'll happen when I least expect it. But when it does, I'm like, oh, the Lord's answering my question now.
1: And I think too, well, when we're in a place where we're seeking God for wisdom and guidance and direction and things like that, we have to be open to the unexpected. And mm. I know your story, you talk about when you went septic mm. and you had some issues with that. You were on your deathbed, essentially. And yet after you got through that and God helped you recover from that, there was an unexpected component that you really didn't see coming to help you recover. Maybe you could talk about that.
2: Yes. So I had gone through the addiction programs and I had really overcome my food addiction and I wanted to help others. And so God had put it on my heart to write some books and to coach people. So I had going to go school for that. I ended up getting very sick, totally out of the blue. And something happened. And I went to the doctor at the beginning of the week, and they sent me home. I had a lot of pain in my abdomen. And then I went to the doctor at the end of the week, and I was put in the ER for like eight hours. They thought I had a cold. Then they realized that I was septic and my organs were going to shut down. And they told my husband that I might not make it out of surgery. It was very, very serious. I was in the ICU after for three or four days. And then I was in the hospital several days after that. And then it was a very, very long recovery. So when I was finally feeling better, they never figured out what happened. I did tons of tests. I went to tons of follow-up doctors. and So I had this lingering fear about what was it, what happened. And so I was volunteering at church, and the Lord brought to mind a verse in James that talks about if any of you are sick, go to the elders and have them put oil on you and pray for you. And I really didn't want to do that. I was ashamed to tell the elders of my church about my eating challenges. I was ashamed to tell them that I needed prayer and that I was fearful and all of my stories. But God really impressed on me that I needed to ask the elders to pray for me. And sure enough, an elder walked right by me. And so Mm -hmm. I said, hey, do you guys do the James verse where you pray for people who are sick? And he said, we do. And so it was within a few days that I ended up at an elders meeting at my pastor's house and they prayed for me and they put oil on my head and my husband was there. And it was really a very remarkable experience. But I will say I had to put aside a lot of pride, had to put aside a lot of fear to obey the word of God and ask and then go through with it. I was terrified. And then I had to be vulnerable and share my shortcomings, but don't we all have them, right? So it's okay. And we do need to share those with people. It's That's how we get prayer and help. And we begin the healing process and learn that there's people who love us and who want us to know that we're not alone in this journey. So as a result of that, I had a pretty remarkable experience where I left that prayer meeting Exhilarated. And it was just an amazing moment. And then throughout the next week, I felt like I was actually seeing food differently. This was unbelievable to me. And I couldn't even pinpoint it to describe it to anyone in terms of like what exactly had happened. But once I saw that it was actually real and what I was experiencing was lasting, it was as if some goggles had fallen off of my eyeballs that were causing food to look distorted to me. So before I would see a plate of food and it was never enough. It was just small. I could look at a whole buffet of food and think, that's not enough. Where's the food for everybody else? (laughs) But once I had prayer and a covering of that, um, and I had obeyed God in the way that he had asked me, and I think this is happens differently for everybody. I'm not saying this is the solution for everyone. Just saying that for me, when I obeyed God's call to do this, I had a healing experience and now I actually look at a plate of food and I'm still surprised. And it's not distorted. I see it as the nutrition that it actually is compared to what it is, if it's too sweet or too much, or if it's healthy, if it's not healthy. I really see it for actually what it is, as whereas before it was distorted somehow. And so as I move forward with my journey with food, I'm just so thankful to see what the Lord is doing in my life. But this is what He does for all of us. This is how much He loves all of us. Mm-hmm. Like he wants to put His healing hand on our lives. He wants to change us and help us to really be conformed to His Son And have a relationship with him and just be showered with his love. So I'm so thankful to him for what he's done in my life, but I also see him doing it in the lives of so many other people. We have a remarkable God.
1: Absolutely, we do. And, you know, he takes uh, scales off our eyes. You know, when we go to him in, in honesty and just say, God, I need help in this area or that area. And he tells us that he will take the scales that have been put there by the enemy to keep us bound, to keep us back from God, to put all kinds of barriers in our way, right? But God's our deliverer, and he brings that freedom. You know, he says that he came that we might have life and have more abundant life, right? And whoever he sets free is free indeed. It's so important that people understand that you also have put together a Bible study.
2: Yes, absolutely. So I've always loved humor. I think joy in in our journey is so important. My Bible study series is called Dear Food. I love you. I hate you. Don't leave me. And it's separated into three books. It's 10 Bible studies per book. So it can be used alone. It can also be used in a Bible study group format. I think it's great for a fall, winter, and spring church group Bible study as well, if that's something that you're doing, although you can start it at any time. The first book is The Blue Book, and that book is called A Bible Study Program Designed to Help You Shatter food Strongholds for Lasting Health and Joy. And this book is about removing the idol of food from our lives. And what that looks like is when we're going to food first before God, and how do we practically change that, stop compulsive eating, stop emotional eating, and then put God first? And what can happen when we do? The second book is 10 Power Tools for Lasting Food Freedom. And so that's the yellow book. And that's what we do when we've actually taken food off of the throne of our lives. There's a void. There can be a vacancy. Whenever we remove an addiction from our life, we need something positive and wonderful to fill it. And what better than the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. And so this has tools for keeping that food freedom. And then the third book is the purple book. And this is a Bible study program designed to help you create healthy eating plans for lasting joy and peace. So we all are born knowing how to eat, but sometimes we have to relearn how to eat well in a healthy way for our mind, our body, and our spiritual life. And so that's what this book is about. And so I've created these books to help people break free. And stay free from the bondage of food. You can get them on Amazon. And you can also find them on barnesandnoble.com, target.com, and walmart.com. Your website? Oh, yes. My website is <laughs> one step wellness.com. And you can find out all about the program there. You can find out how to reach me. And I also have a, oh, gosh, I have a podcast that goes along with each book chapter, which is a wonderful way to sort of support your journey and get encouragement along the way. On YouTube, I also have chapter videos. So if you start a chapter and you need some encouragement, there's a video that you can watch before you start the chapter and a video that will help you wrap up the chapter and move to the next one.
1: And what's your podcast called?
2: Oh, you can find it at One Step to Wellness on YouTube or Julia yeah. or Fear Food.
1: All right. One final question. What's the one thing you would tell people about God?
2: He loves you so much. And don't let anything ever tell you otherwise.
1: Amen to that. A lot of truth in that. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. It's an absolute pleasure talking to you. And God bless you and all you do in helping people master their food addictions.
2: Thank you, Johnny. Thanks for having me.
0: Hear my cry, O Lord. Attend unto my prayer. From the end. half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.